Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian, as always, joined by my two main men, Max Keen and Jonathan Krauss. It is so great to see you guys today. We haven't talked in so long. Wow. Yeah. We've nev- also never done this intro before. <laughs> like ever. <laughs> uh, behind the scenes magic. We are currently on the fourth attempt to record this episode. Uh, this <laughs> is not our friend today. So hopefully everything goes well and hopefully we're able to get this out. And you guys, if you're hearing this right now, then that means that it must have been a success. Christian, yeah. so we've we've done what over a hundred episodes on the podcast. Oh, and now well, in the last, yeah, yeah, and and in the last twenty minutes, you've done the intro four times. Is there ever a point when you do our intro for the podcast that you have to think about your words, or is it just like second nature now? Uh, well, it's funny you say that because I actually messed up this time. I, I forgot to <laughs> say my name is Christian Conway. I said my name is Christian, and as always, I was like, oh shoot, I don't think I've ever said it that way before. <laughs> so question, I always have to think about what I'm saying. And there you have it, folks. Christian makes mistakes. Yes, easily. Notice how I didn't say Christian Codway there. Dang, you got me. Just rub it in. <laughs> hey, my mind is a steel <laughs> trap, Jonathan. You can't get anything in or out. Oh, yeah, he's stealing my words now. He's stealing my words. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Oh, unfortunately, you're hearing from Christian first, so it makes me look like the loser. Yeah, I need your <laughs> swag. I don't have swag of my own, so I need to borrow from other people. Speaking of swag. Speaking of swag. Oh, let's go. We said it at the same time. (laughs) I figured it was coming. (laughs) The best part of us having to record this episode four times is that every time we've tried to talk about Max's chain. And so after the first time when it naturally happened, Max and I, or excuse me, Jonathan and I have tried to come up with ways to transition to Max's chain. (laughs) I still have, we've done this four times and I still have not heard the story about this chain. (laughs) Because the one I it seems to cut out right when he starts talking about his chain. So maybe Max is just like putting the Maybe I should just not talk about this. <laughs> maybe Max doesn't want to talk about it so bad he's white screening us every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I have this chain. Um, this one week at school, I uh, went to check my mail and there was a package there that had my name on it. And I'm like, I didn't order anything. Maybe it's from my mom because sometimes she sends me things. Um, and I open it. And I see this chain, and I'm like, there's no way this came from my mother. Like, she would not give this to me. So where did this come from? And so I spent all afternoon trying to figure out where it came from. Eventually, I did ask my mom, and she's like, yeah, your younger brother ordered it on Amazon, but since it's the wrong address, but he got a new one, so you can keep that one. So now I have a chain, and I wear it on special occasions, um, such as like when the Jets win. Or, um, mm. I wore it to you. So you never get to wear it. Yeah, you never wear it, do you? <laughs> I have worn it more this year than I ever expected. <laughs> <laughs> this is time to shine, Max. The Jets have a better record than the Broncos and the Cardinals. I know, and we play the Broncos. Okay, the Cardinals week, are so. terrible. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they almost hate our quarterback though. They almost beat the last undefeated team last week, but they didn't. So. My question for you, Max, you said that you only wear the chain on special occasions. Um, well, you're not wearing it right now. So what does that what does that say about us? 
Um, well, as Jonathan has said earlier, we're on episode, like, 100, I don't know, 30, 40-something. So, it's... it's so, recording not... the Living Victory podcast is just as natural as waking up in the morning. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Normal part of his weekly routine. <laughs> you know, all the things that Max does in a week. Go to the gym, nope. you know, brush his teeth, that record the Living Victory podcast. Oh, that's low. You went all the way to the brushing teeth one? <laughs> Gosh. Don't pull your punches or me. anything. Holy moly. You basically just inferred he's got bad breath all the time. That's awful, dude. What if, what if this morning was the morning he decided to brush his teeth? Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> So oh as, my gosh. <laughs> as we said earlier, this is about the fourth time um, we've tried recording this today. And this isn't even the first time we've done this topic because <laughs> we, we tried doing it a couple weeks ago and had technical difficulties there. Um, and this topic that we're doing is surrendering to God. And mm. I think with this... We're having to surrender to God like, hey, if if you want this episode to happen, it'll happen. And if not, then we surrender it to you. Um, and that is what I like to call a fantastic transition into this week's topic. <laughs> Max always self-compliments his own transitions. Oh, maybe we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast on humility next week and see if he compliments his transition into humility. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> I can't say anything because I've definitely been on, you know, complimenting my transitions the last couple of weeks. <laughs> sometimes yeah. the transitions, sometimes you have no choice but to compliment them. Like that's just, yeah, that's how it is. I mean, exactly. Because here at the Living Victory Podcast, our transitions are always flawless. Always flawless. Especially yeah. the fact that almost every time we talk about them directly. Mm -hmm. We spend more time talking about the transition than we do making the transition. <laughs> it's funny how you just spent more time talking about the transition, explaining that we talk about more time. <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> <In this moment. laughs> so this is a topic that is really, it's, it's important to us because it's important in the scriptures. And if we think even about the terminology that we use to talk about God, that he is, or excuse me, to talk about Jesus, that he is our Lord, you think about the term Lord and the term Lord is somebody that you would submit to in the olden days. A Lord was somebody who owned the land that you worked on or the land that you lived on a landlord. And so it's somebody who controls a lot about your life. It's somebody who you have to submit to in order to do the things that you want to do, knowing that ultimately they're the one who has control over your land and over your livelihood. And so if you're submitting to somebody as your Lord, you're giving them lots and lots of power over your life, power to determine where you go sometimes, power to determine how you spend your time, power to determine how long and how much you work. And so that's just, that's the secular non-scriptural version of Lord. And so when we go from that little lowercase L Lord to that uppercase L Lord, you can imagine how things change. And when we're submitting to God as our Lord, Christ as our Lord, how, how does our, how do our actions reflect that? Well, I mean, there's, I think, two answers to that. Um, first is generally we understand that God is Lord over all things, that he is creator, um, Amen. that he is perfect and holy. And so we, we submit in the sense that we know that he is far above us um, 
but there's also the personal sense too where god died for or i guess christ died for our sins and so we submit to him as lord also in the sense of he saved us he is deserving of our praise and our worship not just because he's creator but also because he loved us enough to send christ to be a sacrifice for us yeah and i and this is kind of the interesting thing about submitting yourself to something in life is no matter what you do you're going to be submitting yourself to something Hmm. and and i love when it comes to like worship this is what i love talking about with with the topic of worship because a lot of people think that that you can you know worship is what you do on sundays with a band and everybody's singing together and then after that like worship's over but worship is literally has to do with your life um if you read in romans there's a great verse that i i cannot remember off the top of my head but that that you know i'm gonna leave this up to listeners to look it up because we always look up the verses but um, <laughs> romans 6 16 the one about submitting yourself as a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness uh, no, but it specifically references how, uh, how when you live your life this certain way, that is your worship before uh, the Lord. 12, it like no. literally, like word for word, it's, it, it says something like that. So I mm. uh, love that verse and it, it just shows that everything that you do in life is going to be in worship to something. And the question is, what is that something that you're submitting that you're worshiping, that you're submitting to? And for a lot of us, it's unfortunately, it's just what it is. And a lot of times it's not God in our lives. You know, it could be different things. It could be money, it could be friends, it could be social status, it could be all these different things, um, job, career, whatever it might be for you. But a lot of times we stick other things on that throne of God and you're submitting to that thing rather than to, to God. Um, so when we're talking about how to surrendering yourself to the Lord, change your actions, well, what you're submitting to, what you're worshiping, oh my goodness, that's going to have such a dramatic fact, uh, effect on your on your actions, the way you the way you act, and it's going to have a dramatic effect on how other people see you as well, see you doing. So I want to talk about this idea of surrender and how that how it intersects with our modern culture, because when you guys hear the word surrender, or when our listeners hear the word surrender, what are the first you know thoughts or words that come to your mind? Is that a positive thing? White flag, white flag. That's what I think of. <laughs> yeah, raising a white flag. But if somebody comes to you and says, "Yeah, the other day I was playing this game and I surrendered," is that is that a positive thing or a negative thing? Typically, generally negative because you're almost you giving lost. up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're giving up. Your your. I live in Yorktown, so I I'm surrounded by uh, monuments and museums about the surrender at Yorktown during the Revolutionary War, and that's when the British surrendered and said, "Hey, we're not gonna, we're not this worth." Excuse me. This war isn't worth fighting. You guys are stronger than us. You've done better than us. And we are throwing in the towel. We're giving it to you. And so in our modern culture, that is a bad thing. It's a bad thing to surrender because you're saying this person or this thing is greater than I am. But in Christianity, saying Christ is greater than I am or God is greater than I am, is that a positive or a negative? I mean, in the context of God, it's it's got to be positive. <laughs> Yeah. And I think of Jonathan's favorite verse. I can't remember if I said this. I've definitely said this on a podcast before, and I can't remember if I said it during the episode we recorded on this topic that never got released, or if we said it on one of the other, uh, one of the other episodes. So please forgive me if you guys have already heard this, but one of the 
one of the podcasts, excuse me, one of the Bible verses that often comes to mind uh, when I think about this, and it's one of the verses that makes me think of Jonathan because he was the first one to introduce me to it, and he was so passionate about it. It's, uh, come on, where is it? It's in... Second Corinthians 5.17? No, John yeah. Those are the two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John 3.30. Uh, John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. Speaking of Christ. But think about that. That's that's a biblical attitude of surrender, that Christ must increase. Christ is greater than I am. He's stronger than I am. And so he must increase and I must decrease. The attention and the power must go to him instead of me. But we tie this in with another term that often has, it has negative uh, connotations around it in our culture for good reason, uh, because of the history behind the word. But I want us to understand this word and this term because it's throughout scripture. And it, it talks very, very accurately. It describes our relationship with Jesus. And that's the word slave. Romans six sixteen, it says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? And listen to this, either of sin which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were, from, <laughs> to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So Paul is saying here that, just like Jonathan said, you're going to submit to something in your life. You are going to be a slave to something in your life. There is something, some ultimate authority, some ultimate person that is controlling all of your actions. That's a value in your life that's determining everything you say and do. And that is the thing to which you are a slave. And that could be you too. That could, could be, be yourself. Because a lot of yeah. people make themselves God, right? Exactly. Which is pretty, sorry, it's a pretty crappy ultimate authority because we're all completely flawed in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. In fact, one of the biggest causes of sin, and we see this in scripture, is self-love. Because remember, Jesus gave us the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love our neighbor. And so when we love ourselves above God and above our neighbor, that's when it starts to come in between our relationship with God. One of the roots of sin is love of self. And like Jonathan said, if you are worth serving, then it might be something worth considering, but none of us are worth serving. Every one of us fails. Every one of us doesn't have a good outlook on, on how things are going to go in the future. So Let's think about that. How can we submit ourselves, surrender ourselves as slaves to God? What do you guys think that means? Um, I think before answering that, um, I think it's important to say that following or surrendering to God, it's not like, oh, I have to surrender to God now and he's going to take out all my fun in my life and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to live life all that well because I'm surrendering to God and I have to follow all these rules. That's not what surrendering to God is like. Surrendering to God is being free, being free from sin, being free from evil and following him. Um, and it's awesome. Um, and so to follow and surrender to God, it's also important to remember that he has what's best for us in mind too. Like he loves us so much that he sent Christ to die for us. And he wouldn't just leave us with, Oh, I sent Christ to die for you. Um, now live differently. Um, and, and hope for the best. 
but he has our lives in mind too. And when we surrender to him, we are following what our best life would be. And whether that's, um, whether that's following in a way that, that seems like a great life on earth, or sometimes that's a call, um, to live a life that on the outside seems uh, pretty rough, but when we put it in, in perspective of we're doing it for God who loves us so much and has what's best for us in mind, then it's so much easier to surrender to him. And, and in reference to what Max, you just said, and what Christian just asked about what does it mean to be a slave? I think there's something here that is really important. And I'm sure you guys would agree, which is in our surrender to God, this isn't this isn't a conditional thing. There aren't there aren't terms here. Like when you think about surrender in, in real life and like, OK, I'll surrender to you, but you have to do this, this and this or whatever. <clears throat> Those aren't the things with God, because this is where faith and trust come in. You can't go to God and be like, oh, you know. God, I'll surrender to you. I'll give you my life. I'll, you know, I'll make you the 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 whole aspect of my worship. But you know, there are some things that I think I deserve. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, like that is. God, you just need to stand below the dotted line, and we'll be good on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So can you side here, here, and here, and also here, and then what we'll are be God's good initials? Why are God's initials? Yeah, the impronounceable name of God, Yahweh. Tetra Graviton. Yeah, he's got to have a beautiful signature. We all know it. Do you remember, um, I think it was Pastor Phil, uh, remember when he had that contract illustration with yeah. the blank contract? Yeah. yeah. Did I say that on this podcast that did get released? I feel like I did. You may have, because we definitely, yeah, that, that's so worth, go go into it. It's so worth talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, cause it's relates so heavily. So, so yeah, we, yeah. our old pastor at our old, at our church, um, he loved this illustration of a blank sheet of paper. So, cause he's, and it, it makes so much sense because a lot of people they come before God each morning and they say, Lord, this is all the things that I have to do today. Can you sign here at the bottom so I can fit you into my day a little bit? That you will bless the things that I have planned for today. And that's so backwards thinking. And that's not what scripture calls us to. We are called to come before God with a blank sheet of paper, sign our name at the bottom and say, Lord, what do you want me to do with your day? Hmm. It's a subtle mindset change where we are no longer going about life trying to see where we can fit in God, but going about life for the purpose of doing everything for the Lord and seeing what he's going to do with, with, because we're all his instruments, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to see that how he's going to work through us to reach other people. And this aspect of surrender is a total thing. Like we just talked about, there's not terms here. This is you coming before the Lord and trusting and having faith that he has what's best for you in mind, whatever that might be. We've talked about at length on the podcast how the Lord, what's best for you might suck. It might suck so bad. But ultimately, God allows things in our lives. And this is a whole nother topic, but ultimately, he's trying to grow us and bring us upon this path of sanctification. And sometimes we require stretching. We require manipulation. We require, and I don't mean manipulation in a bad way. I mean, he is forming us into something beautiful. But to be formed, you have to be able to be moved. And sometimes it requires some uncomfortable shifting. 
And all of those things are part of our surrender to the Lord. Lord, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know the reason for this, but I'm going to surrender to you and trust that you're doing something that that is so far beyond me and it's what's best for me. And if we think back to Luke, that's exactly what Jesus told his disciples before he he called them. He told them to count the cost, that he he was very upfront with them that following Christ is not easy. And he told them, count the cost. Don't go into something you haven't prepared for. Don't go into something you don't know anything about. So if you want to follow me, count the cost. And if you decide it's worth it, then do it. And if you decide it's not worth it, then go live your life how you want to live it. Uh, but obviously, as a, somebody on the other side of that decision, it's so worth it. So anybody who asked me if it was worth it, I would say 100%. Oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Yeah, because it gives hope. We as Christians have hope that non-Christians just don't have. There's, you know, even the smartest, most successful people, they don't have any hope outside of this life. Like, imagine if this 80 years was your only hope in the world. That outside of the 80 years, you not only didn't know what was going to happen, but you just kind of assumed that that was the end of things, that there was nothing after that. But Christ offers us an eternal hope. He offers us a hope reminding us that this is not our home, that we are sojourners here, that we are we are guests in this world. We're ambassadors for heaven. So that is, that's probably one of my favorite parts about a relationship with Christ is that he gives hope that can be found nowhere else. Yeah, and when you talk about that hope, I mean, you bring up the idea of like, yeah, other people don't have this hope. And, but we, we follow Jesus because he gives us hope. And it's not the sense of like, oh, I, I want to believe what I want to believe. And, um, like, let me follow this because, because this is what I hope happens. Um, it's, it's not a hope in the sense of this is what I want to happen. And so I'll believe it, but it's a hope that's grounded in truth. Um, it's a hope that if we, uh, if we truly believe it, that it'll actually happen because we know that God's word is reliable. We know that, um, that Christ was a real person that he came to earth. He died and he rose again. And so this isn't some religion to, to give us something at, at the end of our life. But it's truth. And not all religions can claim that. Christianity is the only way. And Christ is the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through through him. And so we surrender to God because of that hope. Because we know that it's true. Because we know that we can follow him. And that our hope is sure. So how do we respond to people who say, if God really loved us, if God really wanted what was best for us, he would not tell us what to do. He would allow us to, to make the decisions for ourselves. He would allow us to be free and <clears throat> he wouldn't dictate how our lives ought to go. He wouldn't make us suffer if he truly loved us and truly wanted what was best for us. Ooh. See, this is, I think this ties exactly back to what we've been talking about this whole time in terms of surrender is something is going to be making decisions for your life. There is some kind of authority that you're going to be living your life based off of. It could be you. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. It could be, I don't know, your boss. It could be uh, any, any one of those things that you're living your authority under. It could be a famous figure, whatever it might be. 
And you're basing your life around that authority and making decisions based off that authority. Now, scripturally, we know that the only perfect authority is God. Therefore, if you're submitting to anything or surrendering to anything that is not God, there is going to be part of that authority that is flawed. So why would you not want to submit and, and surrender to the only authority that actually wants to bring you life, to bring you hope, like Max talked about, to bring you peace? And there is such a peace in knowing that God is enough, that Jesus once and for all was enough to pay for your sin because of his perfect life. There's such peace in that. So it's, it's, and I know it's, it's, it's hard because I don't know if anybody's ever heard the analogy of, of the monkey. So there's, <clears throat> there's an old kind of like wives tale, I guess, about uh, the way trappers used to catch monkeys. Um, they used to dig a, a cylindrical hole in the ground. And then at the bottom of that hole, they would dig a little bit of a larger bulbous hole and put like candy in it. And monkeys would go and they'd ball their hand in a fist and and reach down the hole and grab the candy. But in grabbing the candy, their fist became bigger. So that when they tried to pull out of the hole, their hand was was too enlarged because of the fact that they're grabbing onto the candy. So they can't pull out of the hole anymore. And what trappers used to do is they used to do this and then the monkey would just be stuck there because he's trying to get the candy out of the hole and he can't do it. And the trapper would just go over and grab the monkey. And the, the whole thing of this is the monkey is so enraptured in grabbing this candy that he cannot let go of it, that he can't surrender it. And ultimately, that leads to his demise and getting trapped. And I feel like we do this with God all the time. We have something in our lives that we can say all day long, Lord, I surrender this to you. But we keep such a tight grip on it. We don't want to let it go for whatever reason. And God is asking us to lay that out before him, to give it up in total trust that he is not going to mishandle it. And that is not an easy thing to do, people, because there are some there are some things that we go through in life that are just they're awful. They're they're just downright awful. And we want to hold on to whatever little hope we have and and the physical things or whatever it might be. And ultimately, peace is not going to come from that. The only true and lasting peace is going to come from the Lord. But you have to let go in that process. You have to surrender. And you have to submit yourself to an authority and have faith that he's going to come through on his promises. And there's an unknown in that. Even though we have scripture that tells us that God is true to his promises, there's always going to be that aspect in your mind, that question of what is God going to do? Am I going to be worse off for this? And you just have to have faith and you have to have trust. And that is not an easy thing to do. So that is an aspect of surrender that is extremely difficult. And a lot of people struggle with it. And I, I struggle with it. And I'm sure Max and Christian will tell you too that they struggle with it. Because it's so easy to try and manipulate the situation that you're in or to have that hidden agenda or to try and change things for the better by yourself. But man, there's just some times we are so incapable by ourselves and we have to surrender over to God and say, God, I don't know what to do here. I need your guidance. I need your hand to move here because I can't do it. I just can't do it. There's so many things in life we can't do. And we need the Lord every day. And one of the cool things that for us as Christians we can look at is we can talk to people 
um, who are older than us, who have run the race, um, who have been faithful to God. And we can come to them at times where we're struggling and be like, how, how do we get through this? And they can talk about, yeah, like this life is tough. But then you hear them say, like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like God used it in such an amazing way. And why, why it's so important to have someone older in your life who can talk to you is because they can encourage you in this area where it can be tough to surrender. But at the same time, they, they know that God is working things out. They've seen it in their own lives. And so if you don't have someone um, in your life who's older than you, who can encourage you in this, in these things, because they can, you know, it's, it's tough to see what, what God is doing because we've only had this life to go based off of. We haven't seen what heaven is like, is like yet. We haven't seen Christ yet. Um, but when we hear the experiences of those who have gone before and they share about all the amazing things that God has done, you can't help but be like, okay, like I'm, I may not be excited for what's coming because it may not be easy, but I can still trust God and I can still learn to surrender to him. And surrendering is not just a one-time thing. Like it's a daily, like you're having to surrender to God. And there are times that it's easier than others where where days are good and you're like, God, thank you. Lord, help me to continue to surrender to you and help me to continue to be faithful to you. And there are other days where, you know, you're just like, God, what are you doing? Help me to surrender to you because I, I'm holding on to this so tight because it's, it's hard to give this up. But hearing from people who have gone before, who have been in situations like we have, is such a powerful thing for us because we can hear what they've gone through um, and learn from them. And, and they have hope just as much as we do. And they can share with us that hope. The Christian life isn't meant to, to be by ourselves. And this is one of the reasons why is because we can learn from one another and we can hear each other's stories and hear what God has been doing. Um, through through others. So we want to thank you guys for listening to this episode because it's so, so important that we understand what it means to surrender to Christ. That's what the entire Christian life is about. The entire Christian life is about Peter on the boat when he realized that Jesus was the Messiah, telling him to leave his presence because he wasn't worthy of being there. The, the Christian life is about being John the Baptist on your face before Christ, saying, I'm not worthy of tying your shoes. Depart from me. And then realizing that even in our unworthiness and in our unholiness, Christ loves us and Christ chose us. So let's go out. Let's be a people who surrender to Christ. Remembering that this life is a battle. There's constantly a spiritual battle happening between us and the enemy. And that we want to stay on Christ's side because we know his is the winning side. So let's have our lives defined by submission to Christ and surrendering to him and his will. 
So thank you guys for listening. You, you are the reason that we do this episode every single week. You're the reason that we recorded this one four times and finally it seemed to have made it through. And we we just love you guys. If you want to support us, you can always go to liveinvictorypodcast.com slash donate. If you want to email us, you can always find us at questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at livingvictorypodcast. We love you guys. We're here for you. Let's go out and let's surrender to Christ together. As always, love each other and shine your light.